This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. It's the Agenda here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along with speculation over Sadio Mane's future continuing to mount. We're going to get stuck into what the other two members of the Reds' fabled front three will get up to this summer. Like Mane, both Mohamed Salah and Roberto Firmino are heading into the final 12 months of their Liverpool contracts. But what impact could a departure for Mane have on their Reds' careers? To discuss that, I'm joined by Liverpool.com editor Matt Addison. And Matt, it does feel as though the, the sands are shifting in terms of that top end of the pitch this summer for Liverpool's, I would say, traditional front three. Yeah, it does. It sort of feels like it's come to a bit of a head, doesn't it? It looks like Sadio Mane is going to be moving on. There's obviously a lot of, of kind of things to be determined with the other two as well, which we'll come into. But it does kind of feel like a, a changing of the guard, doesn't it? And I, I've seen sort of a couple of pieces over the last couple of weeks which have kind of suggested that is this the end of the cycle for Liverpool is it kind of the end of, of an era and it is in the sense that it's going to be different players but I don't think it's the end as in the end of their success I think it's it's very much just the the next next sort of step the next evolution really and, uh, and move forward under Jurgen Klopp which obviously we've seen in the past sort of month six weeks or however long ago it was Jurgen Klopp signing his contract extension I think that will certainly help in terms of of the forward planning and what comes next. But yeah, it looks like Sadio Mane is going to move on and there's big decisions to come, not just in the attack as well, in, in other places as well. But obviously the attack is is kind of the obvious one to, to kind of, of go in and, and have a look at. So yeah, plenty of, of things to, to discuss. I think there's, <laughs> there's no kind of definitive answer either. It's kind of Liverpool can kind of pick and choose which way they want to go with it in a few different ways this summer in terms of, of the players that move on, in terms of the ones that, that come in as well, obviously, to replace whoever leaves. I think there's there's sort of two or three options in, in each different area, not in terms of specific names. Obviously, there's far more, far more options in terms of the actual specifics, but just in terms of, of the style and the way that they go about it this summer, I think is... Uh, is going to be really interesting and really interesting, of course, because it's not Michael Edwards, it's it's Julian Ward. So all change for Liverpool, but I think you know you'd still you'd still fancy them to get it right this summer. I would say even for the last 18 months, there's been talk about what's going to happen with the front three come the summer of, of 2023, because all, all three of them are the same age, the contracts run to the same date. But I suppose already the rebuild as well and truly start both Jota and Luis Diaz in both 25 years of age, ready to kick on and already take on the mantle and be first-team regulars for Liverpool. I know what you've kind of said there about the cycle. I've, I've, I've seen it like likewise myself, but there have over the last few years been a number of players brought in who are ready to be part of perhaps the breaking up of the current team, but also the main pillars of the next one. And I just wonder with with, with Mane now and kind of how far down the track it, it kind of seems to be, albeit Liverpool will want the right price, will want an, a replacement lined up before they sanction any deal. Whether or not you feel it's necessary that he now moves on this summer or whether there could still be a way in which they don't need to cash in. Well, I think we always thought that there was a strong possibility that one of them would move on this summer. I think you weren't ever going to see contracts for all three of the traditional front three, so it kind of makes sense. Obviously, we know that the Liverpool model, it makes sense for them to kind of cash in on one of them and, and try and, and replace them. Obviously, most people would 
think of Mohamed Salah really as being the one that you absolutely need to keep. I think the, the standards that he was at earlier in the season, obviously Mane overtook him in the last few weeks of the season, but generally across the course of it, I think Salah still is is hitting far, far higher ceiling than than what Mane was. So it kind of makes sense in, in that you'd probably have to pick one of those two to get a decent price for this summer. Sadio Mane is, is probably the one that you would, would pick, but... I mean, the, the 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 crucial thing really is that they don't sort of move one of them on and, and don't get it right in terms of a replacement. You mentioned there that the Jota and, and Diaz things. It kind of feels like they've they've been planning for this for for some time. We've got to remember as well, it's not that long ago that we were kind of talking about Diogo Jota being in the, the first choice 11. He was the one playing through the middle week in, week out, ended up with, I think, 21 goals this season. His role is only going to increase in, in coming seasons. Luis Diaz has come in and undoubtedly, obviously, started the Champions League final, undoubtedly is in the first 11. So they have kind of started that process already. But I think it's it's been a fairly fluid process to an extent in terms of, of what kind of happens. As it's happened, Mohamed Salah has come out and definitively said he doesn't want to leave this summer. He is going to be there next season. Sadio Mane hasn't said anything officially yet. Hopefully that will come in the next few days, but it does seem like he's going to be going to be moving on. So I think that there's kind of an argument, whichever way around it kind of fell, that's what would have kind of been the eventuality for Liverpool to deal with. But it's probably happened in the way that they would have wanted it. Maybe the decision from Mane is kind of sort of predicated on that. Maybe Liverpool had kind of have hinted with the Salah negotiations for the, the last few months having been going on, maybe Sadio Mane kind of felt that that was, was the indication that he was getting, but don't want to speculate too much, obviously, on that. But it, it does kind of feel to me like it kind of happened the way round that Liverpool would have picked it to. Yeah, definitely. And, and do you kind of think that should should Mane kind of move on and a transfer fee be got for him, that that, in a way, could possibly be the... I suppose, the funds that inform what happens with Mohamed Salah's contract situation. Yeah, I mean, the, the Salah thing is is interesting. It's all obviously gone quiet, hasn't it, on that in terms of, of the negotiations and, and what comes next. But I don't think it, it massively would change that. I think what Mohamed Salah was was asking for isn't going to change too much. The, the important thing is that they can continue to, to match his ambition, really, in terms of what he wants to achieve as, as a footballer it's still the case whether Sadio Mane is there or not, that he is at the best place possible for him to achieve that individually and, and collectively in terms of the big prizes. I think Mohamed Salah, just like everyone else, would look at Sadio Mane leaving and think, OK, you'd, you'd rather Mane stayed because he's he's been a fantastic player for, for Liverpool, but you kind of have to take the emotion out of it. You've got to look at it and think he's at an age where if you can still get a bit of money for him, you'd fancy that Liverpool can reinvest that money in and get it right. Obviously, we can sort of talk about the, the different options and, and I'm sure you know people will over the next few weeks until something is sorted. But there's so many different ways that they could go about it. The one thing we know for sure pretty much is that they will get it right. We've seen that with, with Luis Diaz. We've seen that with, with other players. I think if you're Mohamed Salah, you're looking at it going, well, Sadio Mane is going to leave, but it's going to be somebody else big that comes in who can score you know, a similar volume of goals. It, it doesn't really change too much, I don't think, in terms of, of Mohamed Salah, because just like everyone else, you kind of you kind of just know now with Liverpool, if they let Mane go, they're going to have a, a backup plan, which is, is going to be pretty much perfect to come into the team. 
Yeah, exactly. As you said, there, there kind of always seems to be a plan. And I know we've kind of always tried to, I suppose, read between the lines, speculate and kind of take an educated guess, I suppose, at what may well happen. And it was something we discussed with Jamie Carragher when he when he joined us for the, the special podcast ahead of the Champions League final of saying that it's kind of felt for a while, hasn't it, that maybe one may get sold, one may sign a new contract and the other may run down their contract. And I suppose the third man who we have yet to speak about, I suppose in many ways, the, the forgotten man of the 21-22 season, Roberto Firmino, could well fall into that same category where maybe there isn't the market to sell him to get that fee that you're talking for is perhaps likely with Sadio Mane. And yet Salah, very much, it seems to be the, the preferred option to, to get him tied down to the new deal. Yeah, I mean, Salah is, is obviously way ahead of, of Firmino in terms of a priority just because of, of the quality and the number of goals that he's got. I think his his injury record is far better. He's slightly younger as well. It's it's always kind of felt like Roberto Firmino is one that could have have gone on a free just because you kind of, you look at the teams around Europe that might be interested in him and I'm sure, you know, they would be interested because he is, he is still a very good player. I'm sure someone like a Barcelona, for example, could look at him and, and think that he could play that role for them. Atletico Madrid were linked with him a couple of years back and, and nothing really happened around that. But there's not as many places, there wouldn't be as, as long a line of clubs queuing up for Roberto Firmino as there would if Mohamed Salah was made available, then literally everyone who could afford him would, would be in for him. I don't think that's ever really been the case with Firmino, partly because of, of that season that he's just had in terms of the injuries and, and dropping down the pecking order, but also just because he's he's a bit of a unique footballer, isn't he? He's, he's a player which you've kind of got to almost have that system built around in, in a certain sense. It's it, it's not quite so easy to just plug him in as it is with, with Amane or Asala. So, yeah, I think the, the next step really is interesting for Firmino. I think he spoke to, to media in, in Brazil last week and, and kind of said that he's happy at Liverpool and, and wants to stay... He's been very clear in, in that interview that he doesn't want to go anywhere. I'm pretty sure that he'll still be at Liverpool next season. But in terms of a new contract, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. It wouldn't massively shock you if they did a kind of rolling one or two year deal and, and kind of sorted it out that way. I don't think he'd necessarily be asking for as long at the club as, say, Mohamed Salah. There's, there's kind of a bit of speculation around him that maybe that's what's slowing the contract negotiations down for Salah is that maybe he wants longer than what Liverpool are prepared to give. I mean, if Roberto Firmino was prepared to, to sacrifice that and maybe come next summer had agreed, you know, a one-year extension, maybe that is something that Liverpool could look at. But I think it'd be interesting as well in terms of, of kind of what their plan is beyond him. I think it's easy to forget sometimes that he's been at Liverpool longer than what Jurgen Klopp has. Klopp kind of got the best out of him in that number nine role. But it wouldn't necessarily have to be a similar player that came in if Liverpool were were to lose Firmino. Then, you know, what came next wouldn't necessarily be a, a similar kind of player. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. I think there's there's definitely value in having him in the squad. You definitely want those five top class forwards to, to go into next season for. But, you know, in terms of, of the future, it could be that Liverpool signs someone that's a completely different type of forward, but one that kind of makes up the same numbers. So be interesting to see which way they go with it. But yeah, I'd be surprised if he got a kind of long-term deal. And yeah, I can I can definitely see him leaving on a free next summer. Yeah, definitely. I suppose we'll have to, to, to wait and see with that. And I suppose then to, to move forward and, and round off kind of the discussion on 
the traditional front three and now how it how it looks, I suppose, next season, there very well could be a case of looking at Liverpool's front three that the first choice is Salah on the right, Jota through the middle, Diaz on the left, of which then it kind of has been reconstructed, certainly if Salah does sign a new longer-term contract. But then behind that, obviously, this year's charge for the, the quadruple, the challenge that was put together, was so much off the strength of the amount of options Jurgen Klopp had, particularly in attack and within games changing to 4-2-4 at times. But Luis Diaz has already arrived, as we've said. Divock Origi is set to leave. Minamino, there's certainly question marks over him. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, let's not forget, has played in that front three and even as as recent as last preseason was being played as a false nine to try and help I suppose, add to the numbers in that area of the pitch. His his future looks far from certain as well, and I'm sure the club may well entertain bids for him this summer transfer window. So beyond Diaz, Jota and Salah, this summer, I suppose he, he's kind of got that feel that an attacking addition, if Mane leaves, would be essential, but it's not necessarily going to be kind of somebody who's going to be a first-choice option to come straight in and, and be one of that front three. No, it could be a similar kind of one to Diogo Jota in that you thought that he would be the backup and kind of very quickly progressed to being much more than that. And then by the end of this season was kind of back into to that backup role again. So it could be that kind of player. That would be kind of the most likely option, I would say, at this moment in time. I mean, you've got Fabio Cavallio, of course, to, to put into that mix as well. The sort of early indications that he would be viewed to, at least to, to start with as, as a forward player could play off either side can probably play through the middle as well we've kind of seen him play as a 10 for Fulham wouldn't massively shock me if they tried to do something a little bit Firmino with him at some point um, you've got Harvey Elliott as well of course who obviously starts last season in brilliant form as a midfielder but we know how many options Liverpool have got in that midfield. It wouldn't shock me at some point next season if we see him play a few games, say on the right-hand side. You mentioned Oxlade-Chamberlain there. If he's not there next season, he did play You know, during AFCON. Obviously, AFCON's not happening next season, but in a similar kind of situation, you could see a, an Oxlade-Chamberlain having played on the right last season. You could see maybe Harvey Elliott doing that for, for one or two games at, at certain times. So Liverpool do have a little bit of depth there already. It's, it's just a case of, of trying to kind of spread out the attributes as much as possible, really. I mean, Oxlade-Chamberlain was never a natural fit in the, the centre forward position. It wasn't even a natural fit, really, on the, the right-hand side, despite his kind of ability to, to break forward and his speed, his ability to cross. You kind of think that that was a, a role that could have suited him, but he was never never perfectly suited for that. Minamino, never quite perfectly suited, but still got the numbers. And Divock Origi, never quite perfectly suited, but kind of popped up with the important goals and gave Liverpool something a little bit different. I think that's that's going to be the tricky thing, I think, this summer is trying to find that kind of almost a, a traditional number nine in, in Divock Origi. You kind of got that ability to play wide as well, of course, with him. But I think that the thing that Liverpool really benefited from is he's just something a little bit different. I think even, to be honest, against Real Madrid, obviously he was injured for, for the Champions League final, but you possibly could have seen maybe him get thrown on for the last 10 minutes just to, to offer something completely different to what Liverpool already have. I think as much as he didn't play that many minutes last season, it is going to be a bit tricky, I think, to, to kind of replicate that impact if you've just got someone that you need to throw the ball up to or you need them just to, to kind of be there and, and be a focal point. Without him, 
you know, Minamino definitely can't do it. The kind of first choice forwards, not really that kind of player. I think, I think that kind of plan B option is something that Liverpool really have to to think about this summer. You know, whether that that's you know the, the player that comes in to replace Mane could do a bit of that and, and a bit of the other stuff as well. Whether that's you know a completely separate signing, I'm not sure. But I think in in some way they're going to have to do something about that because if they don't, it, it is. I would say a, a fairly important weapon as much as Origi didn't play much when he did play, he very much had a, an impact in that. So yeah, there's, there's plenty of, of examples that you can go through last season where Liverpool needed that. I think that's, that that's a tricky one because it's, it's a hard pitch, isn't it? To say to someone, listen, you're going to be important, but you're only going to play five minutes once a month. It, it's not maybe the, uh, the most enticing transfer option for them. No, definitely. We'll have to wait and see, though, how it does play out. But it does feel as though it is definitely a summer of change at the top end of the pitch for the Reds this summer. Why not leave us your thoughts in the comments section on the YouTube channel? And for those listening uh, through audio on demand, wherever it is you get your podcasts from, do make sure to leave us a rating and review, as I say, wherever you are listening into us. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for your time and your company here on the agenda. Until next time. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.